For confidence in your financial plan, look for a CFP professional. When your financial advisor earns the CFP certification, it means he or she is trained to provide ethical financial planning across a holistic range of topics, from retirement and investing to taxes and estate planning, all in your best interest. So with a CFP professional, you'll feel confident in your financial plan today and tomorrow. Three letters do make a difference. Visit letsmakeaplan.org to find your CFP professional. Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner. Really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. Imagine More Success Radio Show is the all-about-you show with successful entrepreneurs and business experts sharing their stories and powerful takeaways while providing you with the tips, tools, tactics, and a free weekly gift to help you thrive. Your hosts for the Imagine More Success Radio Show are the best-selling authors Cindy Hendricks, who's a certified business consultant, and Thomas Hydes, a certified world-class public speaking coach. Check out the Imagine More Success Radio Show at imaginemoresuccess.net because now is the time to realize your dreams and to imagine more success. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Welcome to the Imagine More Success radio show with Cindy and Thomas. We are welcoming in not just a guest today. We're welcoming in probably the best concept that we welcome in, which is love. The show today is called How to Create a Love That Lasts. And I don't know about you, but I think for a lot of people that I know, including myself, that's a really important topic. So you're going to want to stick around today because we're going to hear from an expert in the love and relationship uh, circle who is going to be explaining to us how to create a love that lasts as well as how to get through the holidays, which every single year, that seems like it gets a little trickier. At least that's what it seems like. Cindy, what do you think? Hey, I have the answer. Just don't invite those people. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll be home for the holidays by yourself. That's a good concept. No, invite people, invite <laughs> friends that don't get testy. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely a time for great patience. And uh, you know what? I think if anyone uh, is feeling a little low on patience these days, it's probably understandable. Uh, there's been, <laughs> there's lots of reasons to uh, have your patience tested within the last several months. But we don't want to talk about that today. We want to talk about what's highest and best. We want to talk about love. And we want to go ahead and welcome our guest today. His name is Gary Salyer. We, I want to tell you a little bit about him. He's actually a master transformational relationship mentor. Now, that sounds like a lot, but it, it encompasses a lot, but it always comes out with the best result. He helps people rewrite the rules for love in their brains, and he speaks to a national audience as a featured expert and on various celebrity TV and radio shows such as Hay House Radio, which is something that I love to enjoy. His life purpose is really to change a generation's fate with love. If you want to be a part of a generational shift today where you can learn how to love differently, how to experience love in a totally different way, and how to create a love that lasts, you're going to want to stick around. We want to go ahead and welcome Dr. Gary Salyer to the show. Dr. Gary, welcome. Well, thank you, Thomas and Cindy, for having me. It's great being back again. You guys hey, are it's my great. faves. <laughs> you too. It's great to have you back. We love hearing your voice, 
and love having you here. Yes, and there's no time like the present that we need a love doctor for this country and planet, right? Yeah, well, there's quite a bit of challenges going around these days at multiple levels. I'll grant you that. Yeah. sure. Yeah. Dr. Gary, tell us a little bit about how you got started uh, in, in this, in this uh, amazing career of yours. Well, for me, it really did start when I was seven years old going to, you know, I was a party and I had a family that had a lot of alcoholism. And I just noticed that there were a lot of mean comments made when people got under the influence. And I remember thinking, why can't adults love each other? I, I really thought that at seven. And so when I, I get into college, um, I'm thinking I, I don't want to be divorced like everybody else. So I I go there and I have two degrees. I've got two majors. And my senior year, uh, my psychology professor pulls me in because I had a psych degree and a religion degree. Mm -hmm. And he gives me a personality test that was experimental. And he calls me in a couple days later and says, these are the results. And as I'm walking out, Cindy and Thomas, he says, oh, by the way, uh, you have a 90% chance of having a divorce. <laughs> and uh, oh, by the way, you know, oh, funny. by the way, oh, by the way, you know, give me a ham sandwich on the way out. Right? <laughs> he didn't need any help with bedside manner or anything like that. You know, that's no, no. <laughs> yeah, I just talked to him this summer, 40 some years later. He remembered that conversation. Well, I stayed a fifth year to get another degree in marriage and family. I, I was like petrified of the idea of divorce. And 12 years later, my first wife says she wants a divorce. And I'm floored. I thought I'd done everything. Mm -hmm. So this time, I buckle up and I do seven and a half years of therapy, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, one for every chakra and a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> Plus a little extra. I love it. You know? And the next thing I know, I'm, I get married. I pronounce myself good to go. And within four years, that thing is dead. Divorced, And it started falling apart within three, four months. And I was like, I don't get this. You know, so then I start dating. I did more therapy and I did more workshops. And then when I began to realize after one painful breakup, there were like two things I realized that, that there's all these different people. I'm choosing the same patterns are happening over and over again. That it didn't, that all that therapy, all those degrees did not change my core way of relating and picking and creating love. And I thought, well, there's two lessons here. One is I can no longer blame women because I'm the only <laughs> constant. <laughs> and you know, that was a, you know, come to Jesus moment, right? Yeah. You know, and then the other one was, you know, it shouldn't be this hard when you've worked this hard to have this poor results. And it wasn't like therapists therapy didn't do me some good, but it didn't change the core style. And so I said, if they can't crack the code, I will. You know, and do you the think book that was that culmination. Yes. Do you think that, that a lot of the um, things that you learned in your degree program or your degree path were, were basically, you know, they were great information, but maybe they didn't have complete real world application. It didn't get down to the, the core things I was setting up, you know, mm. uh, like, for instance, like I did a lot of things through my mind because it was way easier. I didn't get much of a, a right to, to exist in my family. So 
I just floated above all that painful reality by being in my head. You could have predicted a PhD. So, so this is one, you know, with that. So, I mean, think about like this. In the middle of my, my, my first marriage, she cons me. She goes, I don't feel like you get me. I, I feel like I'm talking to a wall that even though I explain things, you don't get it. So what does the intellectual me do? This is way long time before I did. I'm in my 20s, right? I go, well, I better go. I'm in a PhD program. And I go read like four or five books on what women want, right? <laughs> and then, but did you, did you watch the movie, though? <laughs> no, this was before the movie. Before the movie. Uh. And, and then, so, and every time I get it wrong, I go, well, you know, that's interesting because the book said, and then I get it wrong again. I go, you know, it's really interesting. This other book said that women like this. And then after about the sixth time I said this, she turned, glared at me and said, Read me, not the darn book. <laughs> <laughs> Seems obvious now, but at the time. <laughs> you know, now, nobody ever told me that one of my key things was it felt a lot better floating above reality than being actually connected. Because at one point in time, being connected to reality with a borderline mother that didn't like you, right, uh, that was very painful. And it so was that safer. Pattern, it your, was safer to your, be disconnected. Your path was safer, yes. So I was running old safety patterns. And while I got a lot of stuff on communication and this, that, and the other in my degrees, there was nothing about what was really driving the system to always seek distance. Because if you've got a borderline mother that at three or four, if you join her down there in the kitchen, you can get hit against a wall. Some part of me needed distance to survive. And that was great for a four-year-old, but not so much for the 24-year-old, you know, new husband. Uh, and within 10 years, that, that whole thing uh, blew up. And what the problem was is I was doing everything that I thought she wanted, except everything that she needed was going by me. Sounds now, like she needed some more intimacy. Some oh, more she did. Closeness. Oh, she would say, I feel lonely. Like I don't get it. I'm still in the room. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. as a child, hanging up in my room was the safest deal. And I didn't realize, and this is what was underneath it. Nobody ever caught that, you know, because I didn't have a right to exist and it felt way better to be separate than to belong in a family, that some part of me was always seeking distance. And nobody ever explained that. That's part of what I talk about in the book and many other things. But it's what equals safety is driving the ship. And we get these old safety patterns that at one time were the best deal available. Your brain never gets up in the morning and says, how can I screw with my master? But then 20, 30 years later, when that situation's over, not so good. Not so good. Let me ask you this. <laughs> what percentage of the population uh, do you think has that very same issue where they're okay. constantly seeking some sort of safety by separation from their mate? Okay, so uh, there's a lot of people. A safety is underlying everything. That's why the book was called Safe to Love Again, not inspired, not guilt tripped. <laughs> you know? uh, but um, the, we know that there's these things called love styles. Uh, they're called attachment styles. I call them love styles. And that 50% of the population are called secure. That means they feel really safe being in a relationship, depending on somebody and being dependent on. All that feels very safe. They tend to pick 
really good partners, they tend to show up as good partners and they create lasting relationships for the most part, almost entirely, about 85%, 90% of the time. Now, the other 50% got messages early in childhood that that it wasn't so safe to be in a relationship. And for 25% of them, uh, they got love and didn't get it, got it, didn't get it, got attention, didn't get it. And some part says, I'm going to lock this thing down. And they become anxious. Like, why didn't you text me? Where, you know, where were you last night? Do you still love me? So they're afraid love's going to go away. They don't feel safe. Now, on the other hand, 20% of the population, uh, they feel they're called avoidance. They're the ones that said love, you know, they didn't get a lot of attention. They didn't get a lot of, of uh, timely support. So they learned they had to do it on their own. And so their, their worst fear is, is to be in a relationship. Their worst fear is to be depended on or to depend on somebody else. And so that's your another 20%. And then there's a 5% that, you know, for various reasons, uh, they got either really super abused or they just kind of split the difference between the two of them. But they get into a whole other patterning. Um, but for most people, they're either afraid that love won't stay around or love will stay around. <laughs> and it's not going to... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and the know? terrible part, yeah, I, you know, I think that if you're listening today, you're probably sitting there identifying with at least one of those those people and one of those sets of patterns, and that's been a part of your life. And uh, it's something that's actually frightening. And when you hear it, because I know the first time that I heard you talk as well, I could hear myself in some of your descriptions. And uh, it's very enlightening, life-changing, just to even know that I'm fitting into a specific camp. <laughs> well, you know, yes. what I've, you know what I've heard a lot of, Gary, and maybe you can put some spin on it. A lot of people think their pickers are broken. <laughs> yes, they do. There are people I, I've actually had... Uh, I remember I talked about in the book, her name was Gwen. She walked in the first session because I think my picker has it in for me. Because, exactly. You know, because she was always picking married men. And she was, I don't get it. Even when I'm trying not to, they wind up, you know, being married. I keep thinking, oh, they're really cool. And then I get the suspicious behavior. And the next thing I know is I check it out. And, oh, there they are again, Mr. Married. Mm -hmm. And it's be now, if you think about it, but when you do the deep work, she and I talk about this in the book. She didn't have what I call uh, a right to have her needs met. Her mother was oh was kind of narcissistic and was always saying, "Oh, it's not about you. Everything was about her needs." So she never got her needs met. And then uh, another part uh, of when she was seven and her mom and dad had divorced, she asked. You know, she was about nine, and she asked her father, um, you know if she could have an ice cream cone, you know, kind of that unheard of thing. Nine-year-old asked for nine, you know, for an <laughs> ice cream cone. You know, it's going to be in the day's newspaper, I'm sure, right? And But he pulls out a wad of $100 bills and says, this is what you cost me every month. Oh, wow. With that story, we're going to take a short break. Yeah. When we come back, we're going to continue focusing on how to create a love that lasts. We're going to help you figure out exactly where you are on the in the groundwork of creating that love in your life and also how to get through the holidays. So do stay tuned to the Imagine More Success radio show.
the we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. We're so happy you could join us today on the Imagine More Success radio show with Cindy and Thomas. We are continuing our conversation today with Dr. Gary Salyer who is the author of Safe to Love Again, How to Release the Pain of Past Relationships and Create the Love You Deserve. Today, we're talking about how to create a love that lasts. And when we left in the previous segment, Dr. Gary was telling us a story about how a young girl, when she was seven years old, actually had the experience of basically being shamed by her father about a- for asking for an ice cream cone. And uh, Dr. Gary, is that, that, that appears to be... Uh, an incident, while maybe not replicated exactly, there's instances like that for so many people, and it ends up affecting their their love lives way way down down the road, and in ways they can't even imagine. Oh, it does. Now I've you know in the, I called what she got was I can't reach out for my needs. She got it early from very early on because mom always said, oh, it's not about you, and then later at seven. So she had the idea. She, the phrase she kept using is, I have to pay for love. You know, love is a debt I pay off. I have to give, 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 give until I can't, I'm resentful. So without a right to have her needs met, she only had a right to give, give, give until she got resentful. But she didn't have a right to receive. And, that, and what better person to get that won't give you your needs than a married man? Right. She couldn't ever because it's not just giving. She couldn't receive because it wasn't safe to receive. You were either receiving horrible guilt and guilt trips or you couldn't reach out or get your your hand slapped. So her system set it all up. It's not safe to give. Now, that doesn't work for anyone. She became the queen of resentment. And when we gave her back a, a feeling of worthy and nourished, that's the feeling that heals that missing right. I am worthy to reach out for my needs and to have it come back. Suddenly, her, her brain stopped, her little picker stopped picking married men. <laughs> and now yeah. it was okay to be in a relationship where you could receive. And her brain was now sorting for which men can give me what I want for versus which man won't give me because that feels safe. That's how much safety is running. And 
it was just he and it wasn't like she had a life sentence we just had to make her brain safe feeling worthy again and that's one of those four feelings that tell us all we're loved i talk about in the book when she felt worthy her brain did better dr gary let's jump right into those four feelings that you talk about in the book would you mind listing them for us and then we'll, we'll get into them a little bit yeah, I argue that between zero and three, your brain sets up these little templates called called rights. And four feelings are driving the show. At one years old to one and a half, you can tell what type of love style a child has. That's right, that early, one to one and a half. And the only thing running the show back there are feelings, and it turns out to be four. What tells a child they can be securely loved versus anxious or avoidant later on in life are getting four feelings. Welcomed with joy. So glad I'm on the show, you guys. Right? Welcome <laughs> with joy. Right? Uh, worthy and nourished to reach out, have my needs met. Cherished and protected, which means I get to be a me. I get to be esteemed and valued and appreciated. I get to go out and explore, but also come back to a we that supports me and is a safe harbor. So not just me, not just we. You feel cherished and protected, a me and a we, and then empowered with choice. So you can create your own experience. You can also uh, have a right to assert your own truth and have someone share influence. If you feel welcomed and worthy and cherished and empowered, you feel pretty loved. But if you feel disempowered or unworthy or uncherished or disempowered, or you know, those four feelings, will you'll be either anxious or avoidant. That's the deal. Let me ask you a, a question then. So <clears throat> these are the feelings that someone is supposed to feel or, or once they feel these feelings when they're in an age bracket from zero to three, mm -hmm. that, that is what sets them up to be able to have love in their life that isn't, like you said, either anxious or avoidant. Yes. Now, yeah. as, as someone who has maybe not experienced that from zero to three, if they feel either welcome with joy or worthy, cherished or empowered, does that not necessarily, though, equate to the definition of love for them as an adult? Well, it's a funny thing. I mean, it does. And I want to say it's not like later experience doesn't count. OK, sometimes I've met people that had a secure relationship, but say they got abducted and molested. OK, mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> uh, at 14, that'll do it. That'll do it. That'll that now suddenly they don't feel so cherished and protected, not so empowered with choice. Right. Uh, but generally speaking, these are put in by age seven, but certainly between zero and three. Uh, and they can be changed by later experience. But if but what happened, the brain decided, well, if I feel unworthy, uh, I, I, I can't reach out for my needs. And so it's uh, the brain gets this little these rights are like motivational signals in the in the brain. Right. So it's like one client that had a missing right to have her needs met. She put it this way. She goes, every time I think about asking my husband what I really need, she goes, it's like my dog. We put on this electronic dog collar and every time it gets close to the boundary, you know, of an, un an uncomfortable feeling stops it. She goes, I feel like I got a freaking electronic collar on my, on my neck. And every time I start, it's like the dog I have to stop in my tracks. That's what it oh feels like. <laughs> well, if that's not that's not I don't know if that's not a great analogy, I don't know what is. I mean, that really <laughs> that really no sums it up. My goodness, I think I'd put the collar on him. <laughs> keep keep the control. 
Well, well, it's if you have more secure love style. See, that tells me you're empowered with choice. You, oh, you, have, you have no no idea. I just don't. I just don't tolerate you know things that aren't right, and that would be a hot button for me. Well, in fact, I might put it on for the wife. <laughs> you know, well, that's one of my definitions in the book. I got it from a woman who'd been married 55 years, right? Oh, my I, God. I asked her, I said, you know, what's your one sentence, uh, you know, recipe? She goes, oh, that's easy. You know, she goes, I take no BS, I give no BS. And that's about as good. If you have all these these feelings and you have these six rights I talk about, the right to exist, have your needs met, to separate and belong, to create your own experience, to assert and to love and be loved right back, you will not give BS and you will certainly not take it because in, because worthy people don't, don't attract uh, takers. Disempowered people, you know, but an unworthy person will. If you feel disempowered, you'll attract or choose someone who will dominate you or you'll lose yourself in a relationship. If you feel empowered, none of that will be acceptable. That's why the secure attract, set up, create and maintain really lasting relationships because they don't put up with BS and they don't give it back when they receive it either. No, yeah. not unless they're really pushed uh, against the wall. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Um, so I want to go back to the to the the four uh, the four feelings, actually. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about it in terms, again, of being an adult. What does it look like in a relationship to be welcomed with joy versus not welcomed with joy? Okay. So welcome with joy is a feeling like when you wake up in the morning and you hear, good morning, gorgeous, or good morning, handsome. Welcome with joy is they light up when they see you come home at night. Oh, man, it is. Man, you are a sight for sore eyes. Or you walk in the door and you've had a bad day and you've got your tail between your legs. And they say, you look like you've had a bad day. Come over here and get a hug. Right? Tell me about your day. Welcome with joy is this, you know, you feel welcome. You, you, know, they, you know, if you... If you text, you get a timely text back, right? Uh, and and welcome with joy is they'd rather see you and be with you than just text endlessly. <laughs> gotcha, of course. You know cool. that that's what welcome with joy feels like. And what about worthy? Uh, what does that what does that feel like? What are the, I guess, the circumstances around an adult when they feel that? What does that look like? Worthy is when you are when you know you're worthy. You. You create a pattern in your relationships and you select people that are really good, that are willing to give you your needs and meet them in a timely way. And not only that, not only when you ask, but they're making what's called love maps. They're noticing that you ca you tend to like a decaf cappuccino with skinny vanilla stuff from Starbucks, right? Or they, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they know what you, you know. And they notice your patterns and your preferences. They track your dreams. They're there to make, and they're noticing. And when you reach out for your needs, it's timely. You don't have to beat a dead bush, you know, or a dead horse to get your needs met. And they're always tracking it and updating. So, oh, she looks like she got tired of sushi. What else? Oh, she likes a tie-in now, right? That's what it's like. And you just know if you reach out, they're going to they're going to do their best to meet your needs. And for me, Gary, what that means is they get you. Exactly. And that okay. is that is the one thing I love most about my husband is that he got me. 
Exactly. And, and, and they get you. They love masks. I mean, a funny little story was, <laughs> you know, when my son was in college, he came home and, he, and I was going to drop him off at his mom's. We'd been divorced 15 years by that time. Right. And we and and he says, I want to bring a hamburger from Wendy's. Right. And I go, okay, cool. And so I drop by uh, Wendy's and he goes in, buys her a hamburger. And he's just standing at the counter and goes, they go, what would you like on it? He goes, I have no idea what mom likes. And I said, mayonnaise, onion and lettuce. And he looks at me like, like, really? I go, trust me. <laughs> you know and and then she, and then when she, she and he drops it off she goes oh my god how did you know and i go you don't want to know <laughs> but you know it wasn't like i was a total boot back there in my 20s. <laughs> that's pretty you funny. know but that's my cover story to balance it out but that's it i mean 20 years later i remembered that you know or 15 years later but uh, but the thing about these love maps that's important is we change over time and worthy for what's what feels worthy for a 20 year old spouse may not be what they need at 40. Uh, we are always changing. I still remember in college there was uh, we had uh, for one of our marriage and family relations course, the professor brought in. Uh, three couples, uh, uh, newlywed that had been on campus last year, and, and I remember thinking, "God, she married him," you know, <laughs> you know. What made you uh, say that? <laughs> oh, you, this guy was amazing, you know. Uh, anyway, and not in always the best ways. Then there was this really ancient couple that in their late forties, because I was ancient. <laughs> yeah, you know. And then there was a couple that had been married sixty-three years. He was ninety-three, and she was eighty-eight. And wow. this. And this football player, who was not always the most respectful guy, <clears throat> asked this elderly gentleman, so what's it like being married to the same woman for 63 years? <laughs> and the gentleman picked up the tone and said, well, young man, if you're lucky enough to be married to the same woman uh, for, 50, for 63 years. She goes, she says, I have a surprise for you. He says, if you think you're married to the same woman for 63 years, you got another thing coming. <laughs> right. He says, I've been married to five different women and each of those marriages is different. And he went on to describe the five different women. Wow. He's married. And this woman, I swear to God, 88 years old, was nodding her head, beaming, and you could tell how loved she was. That's incredible. Well, he really got her. He got Five her. Times. <laughs> and it kept changing. And that's the big thing. You, even if you make really great love maps of each other, when you start off, you got to keep updating them. You got to ask in, you know, every six months. So what's your, how are your dreams going? You can't, you know, those are the things that. How think, are oh. your dreams going? Mm -hmm. Is that how the conversation starts? Well, you can do a lot. Of, you know, you can. I, I think the check-in every week should be for every couple. I tell my the couples I work with, you know, every Sunday night, check in and say, well, on a scale of of one to ten, you know, how did I do this week? Uh, if anything under a nine, then you say, so which of the four feelings were missing? Did you was there something that made you feel unwelcomed, unworthy, you know, uh, not so cherished or disempowered? And then, yes, and what was it? And what could I do better? <clears throat> of course, when we come back, we're going to find out exactly what you can do better in your <laughs> relationship so you can create a love that lasts. We're here with Dr. Gary Salyer on the Imagine More Success radio show. Please stay with us.
the we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Imagine More Success radio show with Cindy and Thomas. We are having a conversation today with Dr. Gary Salyer about how you can create a love that lasts in your life. We're, we're really talking about moving from beyond hopelessness to real lasting love. And if you have ever felt hopeless about where you are in your situation when it comes to love, and if you missed the beginning of this part of the show, you can always go back and listen to our past episodes at imaginemoresuccess.net where you can get all of the wisdom and all of the great part, parcels of, of knowledge that we're receiving today. And, you know, this has been a fascinating interview today. I've really enjoyed it. We've been talking about the feelings that establish love within the, the definition of love for us as individuals and then how we experience as, as adults. Dr. Gary, in the previous segment, you were just talking about how we should check in every single week because we want to make sure that we're keeping up to date with our partner to make sure that we're fulfilling them in those four areas that so they feel welcome with joy, worthy, cherished and protected and empowered with choice. Uh, that sounds scary a little bit. I was just going to go there, Thomas, because Dr. Gary, what I would like to know is in your practice, how many men were willing to have that conversation every week? You know, uh, I know that a check-in not, there are some couples that are more resistive Right. Uh, and until they realize it's and they're all divorced. Yes. No, no, no they, 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 they can resist. And I know that especially while we're getting things straight. Right. Uh, uh, that's the difference between stuff building up and being able to snip it in the butt. That's the way it is. You know, would you when do you want to fix your plumbing when the pipe is busted or when you see the drip? Right. You want to you want to catch it at the drip. You know, or when they move out of the house. <laughs> exactly. You know, and what and the joke I sometimes tell guys, I said, I know, you know, you're a little hesitant to do that because you might have screwed up that week. I said in that. So this is your free out. So if you've screwed up that week, I said, I've done it myself. I'm not saying it's going to work, but you say on a scale of nine to ten. How did I do this? <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna use that, Gary. I like that. I tried it once. So the look wasn't like, no, you're not getting out of it that way. <laughs> you know? I'd be like an auctioneer. A five. Can I get a six? Can I get a six? Can I get a seven? Can I get a? You know, yes. It can get that way. I've had, I've seen couples that they'll want the, the one spouse will go eight and a half. Just. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then the other one says, I'm dropping mine to, from nine to eight. <laughs> it's, That's it's, hilarious. It, it is. You get some funny things with couples. But it's the check-in is it's a way of making sure uh, that uh, things work well. I first heard it from Jack Canfield, to be honest, in a writer's retreat. Um, and I thought, That's a really good idea. And I added the idea of the four feelings because if things haven't gone well you catch it in the bud and then you can make small small changes because what's the big thing that stops couples it's where things that build up and then that grievance gets more and more evidence and the resentment builds up and it's like hoover dam breaking right Mm -hmm. Uh, and the first session uh that i often have with clients 
or a few is Hoover Dam breaking. They they can't wait to get in front of me to to rat out their partner, basically. <laughs> you know, I've I've heard that 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 term, the three R's, and it's the considered one of the most powerful negative programs that we that we run as human beings, which is you you begin in resistance, you then proceed to um, resentment, and then you finish with revenge. So by the time people come to you, are they often already at the part of point of revenge, even though they're seeking counsel at that time? Well, revenge has a lot of different things. You know, it could be, I'm not going to sleep with you. It could be, I'll withhold finances. It could be some act of betrayal. Revenge isn't, oh, you know, it's, or it's, what, what happens is grievances are just killers for a relationship. Uh, because resentment is constantly playing. you They have to get over that. And the only way is couples have got to, to repair, to learn how to accept and make repairs. That means the offending partner has to say, you know, I have been lousy at sharing influence with you. And I'm sorry I made you feel so disempowered these years. I'll do a better job of sharing influence. Now, a lot of times, what's the next move? Oh, you're only saying that because because you know, because you know I asked you to, or because you're here. And then they 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 get the, the the aggrieved one gets this little feeling. Now I'm in power, and you, then you got to get them to work on their grievance so that they can accept repairs. Because all couples mess up. There's nobody that's perfect. None at all. You know, I, I every once in a while I make mistakes. I'm not perfect either. And I have to tell people that you wrote the book. And I go, <laughs> I said, I promised you secure. I never said perfect. Safe <laughs> <laughs> <Right. laughs> and secure. That's it. And that means Which is I, a lot. That's right. I have to make repairs. And I go notice. Uh, and that's and listen and allow them to say, wow, I didn't realize that affected you, even if you didn't intend it. Right. And the way most couples operate, it's a funny little thing the way it is. When when I screw up, you know, in a relationship, you know, as you say partner A, it's like, you know, now I know that hurt you, but I had the best of intentions. However, when you screw up, it's a mark of characterological defect. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> and that doesn't work. Most couples are dueling have these dueling missing feelings or what I call dueling rights. One doesn't, so if the say the wife doesn't feel uh, included, she doesn't feel cherished, she gets really resentful, criticizes him, and what's his old missing feeling from childhood? Disempowered, maybe he had an intrusive mother or father that really disempowered him. And so when he gets feeling disempowered, he can't assert and he can't say what he, he can't create his own experience in a way that can't make her feel worthy. And when she, and now they're spiraling downwards. Uh, I once had that, that same thing. Now, once uh, I worked with this one couple and you know she had never belonged and he couldn't create his own experience. And, and what does that look like? In 26 years of his first marriage, he never once initiated sex. That's a missing right to create your own experience. Uh, at a scale that I didn't think I'd see in a man, <clears throat> right? Um, so the day comes when the ex-wife and the kids say, we don't want her around for a Christmas celebration. So no right to create his experience, no right to assert, no right, you know, he says, okay, let's make everybody happy, except for his fiance, right? 
And so I'll see you tomorrow, but I'll spend Christmas Day with my family. What does she get? She gets a kid of her old missing right to belong. Because when she grew up, she always had to be the tomboy, do it all myself, never got a chance to belong. And she's dying to belong. And when she doesn't belong, she criticizes and he gets more disempowerment. And the more disempowerment, the less he can create an experience. When we worked, gave him back a right to create his own experience where he felt empowered. He could say to the ex, sorry, she's the one I love. And she's a part of the team. When And then when she felt included, she would empower him. What does that look like? He lost his job. She was extremely well-connected uh, entrepreneur. And she found him a six-figure job in a month. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's what, now, belonging and empowering circles up. They were dueling. They picked each other for exactly the, the what they had rights for. They only had rights for disempowered and not belonging. That's what their brains were set up, those old patterns. And what I get um, couples to do, I get them to say, okay, that was safe to some part of my brain. Thank you. Let's have it better. And the big move here is the first move I get is to show them the pattern and then to get them to say, how can we become a team and make the part, the, the pattern, the part the blame and not the partner? If they can become a team and make the pattern the problem and not the partner. This is the beginning of a we. This is the beginning of healing. So have you ever wow. told a couple that they weren't right for each other or that they'd never be able to get out of their tornado? Uh, yes, I have. Yeah, uh, it just uh, seems uh, like it'd be easier. <laughs> Well, it's a court, you know, uh, about 85% of the time, which is higher than most, uh, I succeed with couples, okay? Uh, I can honestly tell you in the last six months, I've had about seven couples come to me and six I've, I've, I've been able to pull them out of the fire, three of them with 30-year marriages. Now, the one, they were too far gone. They're just too far gone. Okay. Well, I think some people just aren't right for each other. Yeah, and sometimes they are, but you'd be surprised. There's a lot of times people they 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 marry for love, but they've got these these hesitancies that don't give the other one uh, a full experience. And if we can give them back all four feelings, they feel loved. Now, occasionally, I you know, if I've I've dealt with a few couples over the years in which one partner was a borderline or a narcissist, those those, those folk don't change very readily. Occasionally. Nope. Occasionally, I have been able to shift them, but not often or sometimes. But about you'd be surprised. There's a default setting to think that, you know, it's just easier to divorce. Right. But actually, more could be could be reclaimed for love than we think possible. That's out there in popular land. Well, it's, and, it's very impressive that you took six couples that were married for 30 years and got them back on track because you think after 30 years, they'd both want to give up. Well, three of them, three of the uh, uh, three of the six, right? Yeah. Uh, and I can honestly say, you know, uh, what the one said to me was, "Well, we got down and I we found the four what was really going on uh, with the, what they're in terms of these missing rights I talk about, which is a new way of looking at, at what I call attachment, right? Uh, and these feelings that so we got them to learn how to see the pattern, make the pattern, become a team against the pattern, not each other." Uh, the last in the last session, she just looked at me. She goes, "We've had five therapists. No one ever took us this deep. No one ever got to what was really the issue. But wow. when we got to their missing 
rights and they understood oh my god when i do that that's like poking them him in the eye oh my god when i do that that's just stabbing her in her heart got it instead of you know they were able to now they're in a very different place you know you know and i uh, think there's tremendous value in making the attempt and i mean an honest attempt to utilize these ideas and concepts and working with you to actually make an attempt to regain the love that you had in the past. Because what, what does that mean? That's only a great preparation for even if that particular relationship does not end up succeeding, at least now you have the tools that, that when you find the next relationship, maybe just maybe you actually have a chance to make it last. Exactly. Now that's also the case too. I've had a few couples like <clears throat> that were engaged and it, at first, like with one couple, he decided, nope, nope, not going to come in. And then she walked. She walked, right? <laughs> and then he goes, oh, come. And he comes in saying, help me get her back. But <laughs> it, it wasn't. But when we did the work with him, uh, you know, he had a couple. Uh, now he's in a great relationship that I predict he'll be married. But this time he he got it. He goes, wow. And he got, I cannot create those sort of patterns again. And we found out, oh. You know, I, I felt so abandoned, you know, he, he was a military kid. I never could make connections. And some part was in, well, you never know when a connection's going to go away. I better do something to sabotage. Mm. Right. When we got him yeah. safe with connecting, suddenly, he, you know, now he can now his picker is set. He picks people that want to connect and he's in a great relationship. I, I really think he's founder. No, well, I think fun. that's the key is to get get your picker straight so that you know what's going to work for you. Exactly. And for singles, I work with singles as well. You know, singles come in and they have these long list of, of criteria, you know, six foot two, tall, dark and handsome, looks like speaks like Thomas Hyde, you know, things like that. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know, all that stuff. Right. And and what that, those have the research says that compatibility lists do not predict but what does predict is the quality of the quote unquote marital friendship. That's the four feelings. So what I teach my clients are the single clients use these four feelings in five or six dates. How welcomed, worthy, cherished and empowered do I feel like one client? She came in the first session and, Dr. Gary, and we're going to hold that story because we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to help you get past the groundhog day of your dating life help you learn how to move from hopeless to real lasting love and how to create a love that lasts on the Imagine More Success radio show. Thank you so much for sticking around with us today on the Imagine More Success radio show with Cindy and Thomas. We're so happy that you're with us. Um, we have had a great conversation so far with Dr. Gary Salyer. We've been talking about how you can create a love that lasts. And really, we've been focusing on most of the major points of his book, which is called Safe to Love Again. And it's a fantastic, fantastic book, something that we definitely recommend. 
It's called Safe to Love Again, How to Release the Pain of Past Relationships and Create the Love You Deserve. Dr. Gary, we interrupted you kind of mid-story as you were talking about um, someone's someone's relationship, and we want to let you get back to your story. Okay, yeah, I could see this story interrupted for a word from our sponsor. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. You know, so so she came in the first session, and and she goes, "Oh my God, I found Mr. Jackpot." Now I'm always interested in Mr. Jackpot, especially when it's the first session before we've reset, you know, somebody's system to accept and give only welcome, worthy, cherished, and empowered, right? And Mr. Jackpot was six foot two. He was a doctor. Oh my God, he was a doctor. And and he, and he wore Armani suits, right? And he had read the, you know, he'd even read Gary Chapman's Love Languages. And get this, he loved Pilates. Oh my God, could you believe he loved Pilates? <laughs> well, you know, now in childhood, her two missing feelings was not so worthy and definitely not cherished, right? Okay. Now, about the fifth week's, you know, about third or fourth session, she comes in and she's honked and she goes, yeah, he likes Pilates. You know, all he wants to do is check out the other women. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. So not so cherished and not so worthy. Right. Uh, so they don't make it Mr. Jackpot. So we do the work and we and we really give her these rights to feel cherished and protected, to feel worthy. Right. That a man could really love her essence. Right. So. Now she goes back online, and guess what? There's another Mr. Jackpot. The only difference is he's 6'2", and he wears Jordache suits, you know, but he's he's an attorney. He's an attorney, right? Oh, my God. Fire On to the, the other, frying pan. Yeah. Now, the other guy is a good good guy. He's about 25 pounds overweight, he, and he comes in the first date in a Hawaiian, t in a Hawaiian shirt, not, a, not an Armani, right? <laughs> you know? Okay. And, and But after going out with both of them, she makes a decision. She goes for the guy who you know, doesn't make good income, but nothing like a doctor or attorney. Uh, but, and I said, why did you go for him? And she goes, he made me feel like a queen. Mm -hmm. She's sorting for the four Felix. And what I tell my singles, you have a few lists of what you need. Three or four, that's important, you know. Uh, and you're going for the four feelings. The four feelings, if you're giving and receiving those in a relationship, you're going to feel pretty loved. With a, there's got to be a little values alignment. I'll grant you that, you know, and there's got to be some physical chemistry. But the key is not having a long list of uh, 64 characteristics on match.com that everybody has to match, right? It is about the quality of the friendship because when people break up, it's because repairs weren't made. They didn't, they didn't feel worthy. So if you're out there and you're wondering how to pick someone, if you've got some physical chemistry, you know, your your first thing is after five or six date, take an inventory, one to ten, how welcome, worthy, cherished, and part. Look for signs of the we. And if that's good, your go to find out if you can really make it if the values are aligned. But that's your picker. That's your brain's natural GPS. Don't forget it. <clears throat> That's amazing. You know, that's a great way to also overcome all the hormones sometimes involved when you first meet Mr. or Mrs. Wright, right? Because that that cannot that can be like putting blinders on. Yes. It, oh, it can. Uh, you know, because, you know, that first phase of attraction is dopamine and norepinephrine, 
then it's coming from your reptilian brain. The reptilian brain is doing all this physical attractions coming for a caudate nucleus, and it's not doing so much feelings of terrors. It does no feelings. It's like, you know, how can I mate? That's all it is, right? Uh, and it can lead you astray. Uh, and all of us have been there. It's like, oh my God, there she is, or there he is. But then later, when the attachment system kicks in, it's like, you know, this doesn't feel right. And feel is the word. If you're out there and you're a guy, by the way, it is feelings. You know, every what's running your system is feelings. You have a right to your feelings. Track how you feel. Track how you feel. Dr. Gary, you have, in addition to an incredible book that you're offering to the world, Safe to Love Again, uh, you also have a really great free gift for our listeners today. Please take a moment and tell them about it. <clears throat> okay. So if you go to my website, GarySalyer.com, S-A-L-Y-E-R, and there's this little thing called, it's a, it's like, I, I call it Dr. Gary's Guide for Love, but it says Love Inspirations. And it's a series of, of videos for both singles and couples, two to four minutes that give really great skills. And I talk about these feelings and the rights you need to make a relationship. Uh, it's good enough that I know a, an engaged couple that were in their 50s in Oregon. They had uh, tw two divorces apiece. It's saved. Listening to that save their engagement, they're now married. So you go there, sign up, and you'll get this really cool set of videos that's that will help both singles and couples find, create, and maintain a really loving, lasting relationship. You know, I, I think that's a really powerful thing for someone to be able to at least take that first step, right? Isn't that really the key? Taking that first step, making the effort, deciding that you're going to make a difference in, in your relationship and really put some work and effort into its success. I think it's wonderful. It is. Most people, there's an epidemic of unworthiness out there. So that's why a lot of people, but you are worthy of love. You were born worthy. Somebody had to teach you you weren't. But your brain only took the feeling of unworthy offline like a layaway plan so it could bring it back so you could have that holiday of love in your, love, in your life. So don't let anything deter you. You are worthy of having love, and that's your birthright. And if you're struggling, Dr. Gary can definitely help you. 85% is huge in any profession to be successful. Yeah, that's better than Ted Williams' batting average. I mean, that's pretty incredible. <laughs> I'll take that 85% any day of the week. Yes. That's pretty awesome. Yes, Montana to Rice or something. But right, seriously. That's why I'll be, you know, and in a month I'll be training about 100 therapists on this new theory of attachment that a lot of them are saying, I've cracked the code. It's just a better way. What? Who wants to go around saying I'm anxious, avoidant, or secure? That and five bucks at Starbucks, you know, will, you know, will get you something at cold coffee. It's I'll a, get you a reality show. I'm not yeah. No, nobody wants a label. They want to be shown the way back to the home port in their heart where love can exist and they can feel good about. And this the book is a, is going to let you see what you really need to restore a secure love style so you can love like the masters. Well, and everybody wants to be happy, so sometimes it takes a little effort to figure things out. Oh, it did. Oh, there's no doubt. One of the reasons I wrote the book is it took me a lot of searching, and I don't want anybody to search that hard, but that was my life's path. That was my soul's journey. This makes it a whole lot faster and easier. Yeah. It totally does. The readers are saying two things, generally speaking, eye-opening or life-changing, and I'll take both of them. 
Guys, get the yes. book. Get an, get two copies. Get one for you. Get one for your partner. Read it together, and make it happen. <laughs> and get out your highlighter. Yeah, and if sure. you have any questions, you can go to my website and reach out, and there's a place to contact me, and I'll answer your questions. And that's GarySalier.com. Dr. Gary, we're headed towards this lovely time of the year called the holidays, which, you know, for some people, we're always trying to recreate that Norman Rockwell painting or we're trying to make it, you know, just perfect, like like we've seen on television or in the movies. And it's not always like that. Give us a couple tips and, and some advice on how we can make the holidays happier. Okay. One of the things I have noticed over the years, and I, I think I talked about it a few years on the show with you guys, is that the holidays are an emotional amplifier. Absolutely. And now that, and if you walk in feeling in you're in a good space and you're feeling really wonderful and you're feeling loving, it will amplify that. And lo and behold, it's Courier and Ives Christmas, right? <laughs> uh, but <laughs> you know, if if you come in and you say you've had a breakup or you lost a job or, you know, you're dealing with COVID and you're feeling maybe not so worthy or not so disappointed and you're a little depressed, it will amplify those. Suddenly it's the Grinch that stole Christmas, right? Yes. Um, and the big thing is that we set so many expectations around the holidays. It is good to dethrone some of those expectations. It really is to realize that, that moment should not define, it doesn't define your future. It is, say you had a breakup and you're really feeling, oh my, I don't belong. You got to know that that's one day of the year and you can restore that feeling. So you begin to create more deep connections. It may not happen that day, but you've got to be able to manage the moment. And to notice that's one of the things I, I learned uh, you know, over the years is that it's not a barometer for how you're doing in life. And there's a lot of, you know, cultural pressure that, oh, my God, we're all connected and everybody, I'll be home for Christmas, you know. <laughs> right. And what if you don't have a home, right, to go back to? Um, but it doesn't mean, but you have a right to create your experience. And going forward, and you have a right to belong with, you know, and it's, okay to do the deep work and to say i'm going to create a life that feels good for me and that holiday should not define you dr i have one uh, probably final question it's going to take a couple minutes for you to answer it um you're talking about the rights that all of the that everyone has these are rights that you're born with right that are exactly that are um something that, that you can't that you can i guess temporarily lose sight of but you actually never lose them. Can you just walk us through those mm -hmm. and um, yeah, share those, share those with the audience, please. Yes. <clears throat> well, uh, you have a right to exist. Every child is, you, know, you, you get these rights because you're living. Life gives them to you. You have a right to exist. The amoeba never says, gosh, I wonder if I should, if I have a right to exist as a right to exist. Okay, mm -hmm. you get that. That means you get to be feel like you have a place in this world. The world can be your oyster. You can be in your body. You can feel connected to life and others. You have a right to have your needs met. It's okay to reach out and to know you don't only have to give, but it's okay to take back and to receive that which is right for you. That you have a right to separate and belong it means I get to be in me and explore my greatest dreams and come back to the home port and the safety of somebody's heart, to be a part of a real we, a partnership. 
I have a right to create my experience, so I feel empowered. That means somebody else isn't the standard of my experience, right? Um, I get to have that community uh, standard and to blend it with somebody else who does too. I have a right to assert, which means I can I can feel empowered enough to speak my truth and for someone to share influence with me. To, that we have we are there to support each other's dreams. And then, if you add those those up, you get a full right to love and be loved right back. Not I get to love more than I get love back. So these four feelings create these six experiences, these rights: a right to exist, uh, have your needs met, separate and belong create your own experience, to assert, and to love and be loved right back. If you have all six rights and those four feelings flowing before a couple with a little alignment, you're going to be good to go. You know, it doesn't seem like it's too many moving parts to put together, you know? Not really. It's only four feelings and six rights. And like that's a little what, alignment, That's that seems pretty simple. This isn't rocket science. If a one and a one and a half year old child can know they're loved, <laughs> how, right. how complicated could it be? Well, Dr. Gary, we want to thank you again for joining us today. We want to encourage you to go to his website, GarySalyer.com, where you can check out his book, Safe to Love Again. And thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to check out some of our past episodes, do go to imaginemoresuccess.net to check out what Cindy and I are up to and how we can help you gain more happiness in your life and more money in your business. Go to imaginemoresuccess.com or go to findhiddenmoney.com where we have some really incredible courses for you. And we want to thank you for joining us. We want to wish you the best holidays and hope that you are finding a way to create a love that lasts in your life and to miss out on Groundhog Day and move from hopelessness to real lasting love. We want to encourage you as always to realize your dreams and to imagine more success. Mm -hmm.